give you all the praise. All the glory. All the honor. All the adoration. Blessed be your name, King of Kings. Amen. Can I have your seat in God's presence? Who wants to quickly give me a recap of what we what we looked at last week? Who wants to do that quickly? Who wants to give me a quick a quick recap? Anybody? You want to remember? All right, quickly. Jump my hands together for the man of God. God is so good to us. Yes. Amen. We thank God um, by His mercies. We are already wrapping up the year. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. And um, it's, thank God for the year. It's um, a great year. Um, there's no magic to it. You can, you can always determine, you know, the very um, spirit that will, the spirit substance that will govern your 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 year. There's no magic, right? No, no magic to it. So today we will look at, let me bring my tablet. please. Today we'll look at um, what we started in the first service on Sunday, uh, Matthew chapter 13. Praise God. How many of us are getting set for SOD? Are you ready for SOD? Are you sure? So this next week, right? No, it's not upper week. It's, it's, it's next week. It's the next Sunday. The next Sunday, not this Sunday one. God. The next Sunday is 25th. Not this Sunday. The next one is 25th. And that's when SOD starts. I think it's... Uh, <laughs> that's when SOD starts. And so... It's going to be a great one. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, I have few people I also listen to, very few. Um, but I listen to them very, very um, religiously. I have my I have my preachers that I love. I listen to them very religiously, and um, I I am definite that I will reproduce everything that they teach and they 
and um, everything they they have been able to manifest by the word. Everything their lives have been able to produce by the word. Um, what I'm trying to say is that God has no other plan for you than this scripture. Amen. Amen. This scripture is God's best. Um, this is God's provision for you. Huh? If you get, if this doesn't work for you, you have only one option. is to walk away from God. Because God doesn't have another another um, tool. Huh? So, anytime you see somebody teach this or preach this, or you read this, I don't want you to just give it a mental accent. Uh, accent. I think accent is the word. Don't just give it a mental accent. I want you to know and agree that this is God's final um, provision for you and that this will definitely work. Huh? Can you say the word of God will work? So, the Bible says that it was the same word that was preached to us, that was preached to them, but it did not profit them, and there was a reason for that. It said that the reason is because it was not what mixed with what? With faith. In those who heard it, for indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them, but the word which they heard did not profit them. Not be mixed with faith. Huh? So, if you mix this thing with faith, what will be your end? Profit. If you mix this with faith, what will be your end? Profit. So, so it is your lack of profit. Is not understandable. It's a strange thing. Huh? The not profiting is impossible when there is word and faith. Huh? It is completely impossible not to profit when there is what? Word and faith. So you see, failing is a choice. Huh? No matter how much you say you hate to fail, if you eventually fail, you are not telling us the truth. You love to fail. No matter how much you say you love success, or you love greatness, or you love to fulfill the will of God. If there, is pro- if there is provision for word, then what do you have to do? Faith. In faith. And the challenge many times is that people many times enjoy the word. Huh? This new year, one of the things I want to... One of the things I want to... Um, take to another level in my life is is the, is the reality called prosperity. I want to take it I want to break the barriers and um, there's one preacher who has it in his preaching so I made a vow today that for, from this December 
for about six months. I'll be listening to him every day. <laughs> one day, the preacher was preaching. It's as if I didn't hear it. He was preaching one day and he said, he said, do you know that according to statistics, <laughs> it's a real statistics, not just that it's a real statistics, we are the number one greatest, highest giving church in the United States of America. We give the most. Like the amount, what they give to social issues is the highest. Now that's a, that's a big statement. So, to go and listen to him again. Because there's no fluke. And there's no miracle anywhere. <laughs> you accepted there's no fluke. The miracle won't shook you. <laughs> I know you heard it, there's no fluke. So maybe you wanted to say something. Mistakenly said there's no miracle anywhere. No, no, they are principles. Huh? They are principles. The one who doesn't know the principle sees the outcome as a miracle. Are you with me? Yes. So. But let me let me explain. I'm not going to listen to that message to enjoy it. I'm going to listen to it. I'm going to say yes to it. Then I'm going to practicalize everything in that message. And I'm not going to practicalize it just for result's sake. I'm going to practicalize it as lifestyle. So it means that the period where the result doesn't come is not going to affect me. Because I'm not looking at result. It's going to be a lifestyle. And um, before the year ends, my life will get to another level in that regard. But the point is that the one who is blessed is not the one who has access to a lot of words. It's the one who knows how to mix it with what? With faith. Are we together here? So that is how to receive the word. You don't just enjoy it. When you find out where the word of the Lord is, you dive into it, and then you receive it like a child. We need to learn how to receive from children. Children are masters in receiving. Hmm? All right, so let's go back to Matthew chapter 13. How many of us were here the first service on Sunday? If you, if you were not here first service on Sunday, raise your hand. First service on Sunday, you are not here. Okay. I can go ahead. You are not the majority, so I just I can go ahead. But you understand. All right, Father, I ask that your Holy Spirit will empower us even tonight in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Praise God. I want you to trust God for an encounter, an experience um, for SOD. I want you to prepare. I want you to prepare for SOD. Huh? 
and trust God for an encounter um, for SOD, you know, um, a spiritual encounter, also an encounter as regards, you know, a definite change of, of life, of trajectory. Um, also, for next year, I want you to have I want you to have a, a, a scripture-based financial plan. Huh? A what? A scripture-based what? Financial plan. Scripture-based financial plan. All the offerings I plan to give God this year. All the offerings I plan to give God this year. I give it. All the offerings I plan to give God this year, I give it. And um, and by that I mean to the work of God and to the and to, to the servants of God that I give to. Also, before the end of the year, I'm going to make a con- I'm going to conclude on what I'll give next year. I don't. I don't conclude on. I don't conclude on what I'll receive. Huh? I don't. I conclude on what I'll give, and I do that by by checking. Are you listening to me? Yes. One of the ways you know a fake, a false preacher. One of the ways you know a false preacher. And let me not use false preacher. One of the ways you know. A preacher who's not who's not aware that he's sent from God. One of the ways you know is his inability to preach about money. It's a major sign that a preacher might not be aware that he's sent from God. Your inability to what to preach about money. You know, the Bible says that you cannot serve two masters. The first one is God. The second one is what? It's mammon. Mammon is the spirit or the attitude that rests on money. Eh? Now, that is the that is the greatest competitor. Eh? That's what? Is the greatest competitor. When we talk about serving God, eh? Mammon is the what? Is the greatest competitor. You see, you can be prayerful and yet you are not serving God. Eh? Prayer is not is not a competitor. There are a lot of you. If you are told that give out money or choose between praying or losing money, you say, Let me. (laughs) I'll pray that. (laughs) If I say, Because of what you have done, oh, yeah, go and give 10k. Oh, go and pray one hour. It's a prayer. 
Pride is a powerful competitor. I'm t- I have money. Is a, there are many things that cannot take you out of this service. But there are some things that can take you out of this service. <laughs> <laughs> there are things that when you see in your text message, you will say, Oh, I'm in God's presence. I, I can't leave. <laughs> Am I correct? Yes, so maybe your mommy is as a man. Say, Whoa, I'm in God's presence. God will solve it. Something like, I'm in God's presence. Not the, I'm not leaving God's presence. You cannot decide me. <laughs> but there's a text you receive. <laughs> the, 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 the governor needs to talk to you now about the contract. And they need to talk with you now whether they will give you that contract. Ah, I should just attack Jesus. Am I not correct? <laughs> A lot, one of the things that can take you out of this service now, even though you just sang cardboard, cardboard, <laughs> money will take you out, a lot of you, out of this service now. Whereas there are a lot of things that can't take you out of the service. And they're legitimate. But you won't go. You will say you love the Lord. Say, never. This girl is just a distraction. I'm not, I'm a pastor later. We'll talk about later. But if it has to do with money. So that's why Jesus Christ said that it is a competitor. Huh? Mammon is a competitor. Praise God. Hallelujah. There are lots of you here. They give you a million dollars to change your church. So it's the same God we are serving. <laughs> you know money is very powerful. Yeah. So you need to be properly trained taught and imparted huh? for you to know how to live above it. Huh? Are we together, friends? For you to learn how to what? To live above it. Money is very... See, those who don't talk about it, preachers who don't talk about it are afraid of you. You get the point now. They are afraid of the people. That's why they don't talk about it. Not talking about it is not a sign of holiness. Huh? It's not a sign of what? Holiness. There are people who look so holy, but they are thieves. Huh? They are thieves. How many of you find it difficult to say no? Or not to lie when it has to do with making money, more money. I mean, if you find it easy to just say, I'm a, I'm a child of God. You can see the quiet in the room. So it has to be defeated. It has to be defeated. Money is very powerful. Money, don't think it's not. It's very, very powerful. So we have to keep looking at it, you know, trusting God to help us out. And um, whether you are a preacher or you are not a preacher, he has no, he doesn't respect, you know, anybody. 
you know, all the temptations of Jesus Christ can only qualify to be a temptation if there was some form of attraction. If there was some type of lust. A temptation doesn't qualify to be a temptation if there was no lust. Am I getting my point now? So there was some type, there was some type of lust. When they told him to convert um, stone, to turn stone to bread, it was because in that he hungered. If he wasn't hungry, it wouldn't have been a temptation. Are we together here? And one of the temptations was that they showed him the glories of this world. Part of that glory is money. Huh? It's part of the glory of money. And then what was his response to it? Huh? No, no. It was when he was asked to jump down from from a high mountain. That was when he said, "What? Thou shall not tempt the Lord." When the enemy told him, showed him the glory, it was an issue of worship. See, away away with you, Satan. It is written, "You shall worship." And what? And him only shall you what serve. So that corroborates you cannot serve two masters. So that's the temptation he went through here. Are you getting it? Him alone shall you so so they brought that thing so that he can change service. (laughs) From first service, he will start at any second service. (laughs) It was an issue of worship. Are you together with me? So the enemy has a lot of members in churches. So far you are worship. So far money has a place that it shouldn't have. You are actually worshiping mammon. Even though you are in the house of God. Are we together here? So we need to really, really, really um, face it. We need to face money with understanding. And it's a wide topic. You need to face because the lack of it is trouble. Hmm. Listen, lack of money can has 100% capacity to take you fully into the world. Back. <laughs> Lack of money will take you to the listen. The ability to serve the Lord without money has elasticity date. <laughs> you are not wired to be poor. This God that you want to prove that you love him <laughs> even in poverty. <clears throat> you can only do it long enough. There's a, there, there's a time you will just give up. 
So as we are dealing with this spirit of, is that the books? All right. I should have shared some books. Um, Pastor Bola Dutola just wrote a new book and they gave us free copies. He called me and asked for everybody in church and asked for the number and said he has a book for everyone. Are we together? What's the name of the book? Forgotten. Attend to your soul. soul. (laughs) Are we together, friends? So as we are dealing with the spirit of mammon, also have to look at um, when when Paul was teaching us, he said that he that used to steal, what should he do? He should steal no more. Now, that letter was to who? Believers. Who were former thieves. Eh? They now need to write to them. Not to what? Steal no more. Because you can be born again if that economic stuff is not solved, <laughs> let him who stole steal no longer. But rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give to him. Are you together? When I, if I look at this scripture, hey, it's a very robust scripture. This is a, every line in this scripture is for months. If we want to dissect each line in this scripture, very serious scripture. This scripture, there are many things inside it. He said, "Let him what? Let him labor." Are we together here? Let him labor. Let him work. Hmm? Working with his hand. That which is what? Which is good. That he may have something to give him who has need. So you see that even our resources, if you are not careful, Satan wants you to give people who don't have need also. You see, there are different ways Satan wants to collect your money. And sometimes it's true being a good person. Not many Christians waste money. Hmm? Waste money. Yeah. Are we together here? Sometimes we give people money because we don't we don't want to look bad. The other day somebody was advising me to give somebody money. He said, if we have, let's give so that it won't look like we didn't have the person. How will I give somebody money so it won't look like? (laughs) I said, no, let it look like. Mm. (laughs) I said, how can that be a reason? So it won't look like. What is it before? I don't want to give it. 
<laughs> to collect money from my hand, you try. Yeah. Yeah. You will really try to collect money from man. You try. You will try. Why? Because I will give account to God. I, I'm not a. You see, all the money that is coming from heaven here is for. It has tag. I must. I must know where it is meant to be. It's not my money. I'm entrust. It's entrusted to my hands. So I need to know. Because they'll tell me, this person's money that we, that we routed through your account, where is it? He said, you have given a... Yeah. The other day, there was someone we needed to help who said they needed help and all of that. He said, okay. The way I'm talking, you would think I'm stingy. <laughs> we have passed that level. It's not about being stingy. That does not exist with us. Sorry. Are we together, friend? It does not exist. Stinginess does not exist with us. It's about faithfulness. Huh? It's about what? Stewardship. It's about stewardship. For example, do you know there's a law do you know that when Joseph was interpreting the dream of Pharaoh, it was a law. It's, it's, an, it's, an, it's an earthly law. I know the earthly laws are put there by God. The law of gravity. Huh? You know, if you don't respect the law of gravity, you will meet God earlier than you should have. It's a law. The law of gravity is a law. You might not, you might not look for a script. You might not find a scripture. <laughs> but it's there. You have to respect that law. There are laws. Do you know to sleep is a law? If you don't sleep for days, your body will give you a report card very soon. And it will not be a favorable result. It's a law. You know, work is also a law. Yeah, it's a law. It's a he that does that does not work. He should not eat. It's a law. Another law is saving. Saving is a law. It's a law. Saving is a natural law. In our finances. Some people think that the reason why they are not saving is because they don't have. That's your thought. But whatever you are earning now, you could have earned lesser. And if you earn lesser, you won't die. How many of you feel if you were earning lesser, you would have died by now? <laughs> what you are earning now, if you were earning lesser than it, you would have died. So if the answer is no, then you have to pay yourself lesser. So if you, whatever you are earning, then now pay yourself lesser. And then that, that remainder should be your savings. And this is what I am earning. Because the interpretation of the dream of Joseph 
to Pharaoh is a law. And the law is that the days, the, the years shift. There will be year of prosperity and there will be year of famine. But year of famine doesn't have to be an experience of famine. Based off on what you did with the year of pros- prosperity. So it's not like God is saying things are going to be bad. That's not the point. God is just saying that when a new wind blows upon the face of the earth, how you handled your year of prosperity would... would, Because they were not at the day of famine. They were not only feeding Egypt. They were feeding the world. Because there is a blessing when you respect that law. It releases a blessing upon you. You You are blessed when you respect that law. You see, <laughs> you have no business with comparing yourselves with other people. No business with that. You only have business with yourself and with the Lord. Are we together here? The Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and his his what? Righteousness. Amen. This is how I will teach today. I'm not teaching Matthew 13. The Lord is not permitting me to. He said I should prepare you for SOD and prepare you for next year. So, if I teach Matthew 13, it will still be powerful, but I will be disobedient. Seek first the kingdom of God and his what? And his righteousness. And what? Praise God. Come, my brother. Now, how many of you have, do you you think God is a liar? If you think God is a liar, Mm -hmm. raise your hand. If you think God is true, raise your hand. Now, let's look at this scripture. If we all agree that God is true, this scripture says that seek first the kingdom of God and what? His righteousness. And what? All these things shall be added to you. So let me ask you a question. If at the end of a man's life, he finds out that all these things were not added to him, is it that God's word did not come to pass? What do you think would have been this, this situation? Huh? He did not what? Kingdom of God. And what is righteous? So it means that for everyone who does this, all things will be what? Added to you. Now, sit down, brother. Now, are we together, friends? The word added is a very serious word in the context of this scripture. And it's a very supernatural word. Because there is no economic book. There is no theory in this life 
there is no there is no economic uh, uh, law that teaches that somebody will just be like this and they will be adding things to the person. Yes, sir. Are we together here? Yes, sir. Have you ever seen someone just, they are just adding all things. And you know, these all things is not, you know, the Bible says that uh, if any man be in Christ, it's a new creature. Behold, all things have uh, all things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Then what's the next verse? All things are of God. Somebody say, All things are of God. Are you seeing it there? Now all things are what? Of God. Now go back to that Matthew. All these things. So it means that all these things are what? Of God. That's an heretic statement. That's how heresy used to start. <laughs> that's, that's heresy. That's how, you, that's how you decode heresy. That one says all things are of God when it was talking about new creation. Which is talking about this regenerated spirit. This one if you back it up, it's talking about, look at it, clothes, food, shelter. He now go to 33, he now says, seek first kingdom of God and righteousness. All these things, the word this means that there is a prior conversation in that same scripture. But if Revelation is shocking you, <laughs> he said, oh, oh. <laughs> That's how you become an heretic. And, you, and if it needs to be an heretic, you'll be seeing them. It will look as if they are adding up. They are not adding up. It's, your soul is being tied. So you see some of you already following me when I said all things. say, wow. <laughs> it's heresy. <laughs> The scripture is like, leave it like that. Don't, don't scatter it. <laughs> Are my friends here? Alright, for sake of clarity, let's go to 25. I wish we can divide this screen. Give me 25 and 33. Side by side. It can't work. The screen is small. So maybe we'll get a bigger one. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life. What you what? Eat. Or what you will what? Drink. Not about your body. What you will what? Somebody say eat. eat. Say drink. drink. Say put on. put on. The reason is because it's life not more than food. And um, the body more than clothing. Someone say life is more than food. Say the body is more than clothing. Say life is more than food. Say the body is more than clothing. So the soul of an healthy person should interact with life beyond issues around food and clothing. Now, don't forget that in the world, 
These are two major things that will show whether somebody is doing well or not. Are we together here? Yes, the, the gentile man or the sinner man whose spirit is not regenerated huh? yes. is so concerned about feels great, feels blessed because of his clothing, right? Yes, they say, you know, the other day somebody was asking me, I was, I think they were doing a program in church, somebody was asking me what are, who am I wearing or something like that. You know, they say, who are you wearing? I say, They asked me, they said, who am I wearing? I can't remember what I said, but I know they asked me. They say, say, who are you wearing, Pastor Zach? Who are you wearing? I say, is the body not more than raiment? The body is more than raiment. The soul should not See clothing as achievement. Are we together here? And the reason is because there should be more serious matters that your soul ruminates on. That serious matters doesn't make you dress shabby. Because shabbiness is one of the dressing shabby is one of the signs that you that you are already interacting with unclean spirit. It's it's one of the ways, one of the physical signs that somebody is is up engaging demons. I mean, I mean what I'm saying. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not an insult. Whenever I check erratic people, one of the signs, some of them, most of them, they start getting dirty. Is because the the unclean spirits like dirty environment. Praise God. It's also one of the signs of addiction. When people who, who are given to addiction, they start looking dirty. You get the point now. Not all the time, but a lot of the time. They just don't like, and that's why madmen are never clean. Because it's mostly a demonic problem. So when I say that the soul is not focusing on dressing, I don't mean that you dress shabbily. I'm just saying that dressing is not where you derive identity from. You get the point? Because um, true spirituality reflects on our mundane life. If you are truly spiritual, if you truly know the Lord, it will affect your mundane life. And even the mundane life, even as by your clothing. As a child of God, there is a brilliance that should be seen in, your, in, in how you dress. Yes, Are we together here? Yes, and so therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink. Nor about your body. What you will put on is not life more than food and body more than clothing. The next verse. Somebody read it for me. Look at the birds of the air. Are, is, are your hearts with me? Yes, sir. I need your hearts. 
For they neither sow nor reap nor gather into bands, yet your heavenly Father fits them. Are we together here? Now, why did he say they neither sow nor reap nor gather into bands? Why? Why did God use that analogy? Because that is the lowest expectation of heaven from everybody that have sense. You are not getting the point. He's not expecting that you should fall below. <laughs> it's, there's an assumption that every reasonable human being always sow and they always save. Are you listening to the... So, they're not even teaching it. There is no spiritual law. At least all of you know that you have to sow and then all of you know you have to save. He said, but the birds don't do it. So it's animalistic. Wow. <laughs> he, was, he, he was not talking to birds, he was talking to human beings. See, he said, and he didn't need to explain to us to sow and to save. Because he believed that all of us should have that sense. Are we together here? Yes. I was seated somewhere and I saw a man in a vision. I was eating. And I saw a man struggling financially. And then the Lord spoke to me. He said, this man thinks he needs a solution like money to solve his problem. He said, but there is a principle that brought him here. He said, if he continues living the way he lives, no matter how much you give this man, he will always be there. He says, until he learns that principle, the man, was, the man was, was very hardworking, moving fast like this. It was in a vision in the morning I was eating. The birds of the air, they neither sow nor reap nor gather into bands. Yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not, what happened now? Are you not of more value than they are you together with me? So the point is this that God is making here is that even though you follow this principle, this earthly principle, that you are following them, the premise upon which I'll bless you is not because you are following them. But don't say because of that you will not follow those. Principles. How many of you know that it's God that is keeping us? Now, if you know that, do you go and break the law of gravity? <laughs> eh? You know now, he has kept his angels charged over you. But when you want to cross the road, you look right. You look left. <laughs> <laughs> because the angels expect you are doing that. They are, they, there are some things they are going to save you from. That they know that you don't know about. Are you together with me? That one they will come. Immediately you cross the road without looking right or left. They will not follow you because... <laughs> <laughs> 
not because they are wicked. They expect you. They, they know they came to a human being. So they expect that you are a human being. So they are with you. Still talking to you, thinking that you guys are waiting before you cross through. Immediately you. <laughs> you cross the road. Yeah. If you go on this. Now, do you know this SOD is God that said we should do it? It's a godly meeting. Huh? And God is with us. Huh? But if we don't plan for it, we will look like God is not with us. If we don't plan for it. There is some money now that I have put aside. Nobody knows. In case. Yeah. I have put some money aside. I am looking. In case. If the, if the church do anyhow. <coughs> I've kept it in case. Every year, I have in case of in case city money. I'll put it. There. Yeah, every year. There's no year. Pastor Obi knows. I have it like this. Just have it in case. I have it. I say, all right, we're planning this. <clears throat> yeah, planned. Then when I want as far, I said, the Lord, the Lord was just, as the need came, the Lord. is <laughs> <laughs> plan. Listen, when you don't plan, you have a perfect plan to fail. Like, it's the most brilliant plan that nothing can interrupt your failure. It doesn't fail. It doesn't fail. And then if you want to know you are hardworking, and you want to see your muzzle, don't plan. Your muzzles will be out because you will, you will look hardworking. People will not be greeting you. Ah, Kusha, my, Shisha. You see? <laughs> you, are, you are like that studio student who is only studious a week to the exam. Now wants to compress 14 chapters in one night. You know they are grade 54. 54. Listen, this is what I'm saying. They are the reasons why the prayer booths are full. Why people are praying, 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 praying. This, this is the wisdom that a lot, a lot lack. God said, as the earth remains, he has initiated a principle called seed time and harvest. Now, there is a connection between seed time and harvest. A connection. You don't understand? Harvest is not, an, is not a phenomenon that is inched on prayers. It's not... It's not, a, it's not a prayer-based phenomenon. Harvest reacts to seed. It's a response of seed. So if you do not sow something, prayer cannot make you harvest what you do not sow. No, it will not work. Eh? If you put orange seed in the ground and and gather 85 intercessors and trust God for mango. 
It will not work. Am I correct? Yes, sir. But if you put orange seed, get intercessors. Put water. The, the oranges will be, will be amazing. Are we together, friends? Yes, sir. While the earth remains. So, so far, what is it? So far, you're on this earth. Respect, no, respect this. Sea time and harvest, cold and winter, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. Let's go back to Matthew chapter 6. Look at the birds of the earth, they neither sow nor reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly father feeds them. Now, the challenge many have is that they only take this yet and they plan their lives on, on yet. No, don't plan your life on yet. Plan, plan your life on yet after you have done. Now, the Bible says, Paul was teaching us, Paul says, I was talking to the Corinthian church, Paul plants Apollo waters. Then that is when God will now give the increase. God is not giving increase where there is no planting or yes, watering. Sir. Yes, sir. I know you are not in charge of increase. I know. I'm in charge of increase. I'm in charge of harvest. But I, I carry my harvest where there is planting and watering. Where there is no planting and watering, you have no legality to call on the God of harvest. You say, oh, God of harvest. Now, the Bible says, the Lord of harvest. How does he ensure harvest? He said, the the harvest is ripe. The laborers are few. He says, pray that the Lord of the harvest shall send in laborers. Now, he is the Lord of the harvest. How come he's seen his laborers? It means that he is handicapped until laborers are there. The day of revival, the day of revival. If we don't intercede, there won't be revival. Now, it's not like intercession is what ensures the revival. It's that intercession is what legitimizes God to come. There is no legitimate ground when you haven't done what you are meant to do. Do you know a lot of you here still do not do your tithing, for example? Yeah. yeah, there are a lot of you who don't do it. There are, if I say you should raise up your hand now, we'll be shocked. Yeah, a lot of you, you don't do your tithing. But you are praying for a new season. From who? <laughs> God is just singing for you. And you know the song is singing. Yeah, that's the song. Are my friends here? So laborers must go in for us to, you know, get in the harvest. Go back to Matthew chapter 6. Now, this is what you should be using your time for. Your time in all areas of your life is to sow seeds. The Bible says that if we, if we sow to the flesh, we will reap corruption. You don't get the point. Like there is no way you will have supernatural breakthrough if you are sowing to the flesh. 
How do you sow to the flesh? Too much movies. You are sowing to the flesh. Oh Lord, I want you. Oh Lord, I want you. Series. Oh Lord, I want you. Oh Lord, I want you. Series. You don't want me. You don't want me. It's you. It's your face I want to see. It's your face I want to see. Wofi Moju. Yahweh today, I want to see you. Not tomorrow, make me hear you. I say, continue. You watch, you watch film. You are sowing to the flesh. You will reap corruption. Huh? See, what's the previous verse? Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. That song again. That's it. Eh? Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. He's saying, he's saying you can't whine God. That's the meaning of this. <laughs> that's the meaning. That's, that's the lyrics you are saying there. Do not be deceived. Say you they whine me. Say you they say. God is not mocked. That's all you are seeing here. Do not be deceived. God is the God. So for a lot of you, that's God's song over. You say singing over me. That's it. That's all he's singing over you. He's just singing it over you. He's just singing. Do not be deceived. You need to check the areas of your life and find out whether and find out the song God is singing. Some of you over your finances, this is what God is singing. Sowing, saving, tithing, everything. No, no, no. And you are trusting God that you are a kingdom financier. You are this, you are that. You are in a church that has an ordination for prosperity. All that. And then God is singing over you. For whatsoever a man sows. That he will reap. Now, don't forget that he is reaping this with the help of God. Because God is the God of the harvest. But he cannot give you harvest outside what you have. So, listen to what God will do. It. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit. What will he reap? Everlasting life. Are we together here? Yes, so we have to we have to sow the right principles in the directions of the harvest we are desirous to see in every area of our lives. And one of the areas of our lives that is very important, a lot of areas of our lives are important, but one of it is our prosperity, our finances, our resources. Very important. Because it carries a principle. Listen to this. It carries a principle. Eh? Are you listening to this? That is relevant for every... It has a fundamental principle that you can apply. You see, the idea of, of tithing... Are we together here? Am I preaching here? The idea of tithing is not, it's not just the 10%. The idea of tithing 
is the is the reconfiguration of our hearts. Are we together here? What other word can I use for reconfiguration? That's not the word I really want to use. Hmm? Recalibration. Yeah. God is recalibrating our minds. Go back to Matthew. So that we can make him first. It's about God being first. That is the healthiest. Are we together, friends? That's the healthiest um, uh, posture that our hearts and our souls must have. That with, with, with your finances, you can begin to train your heart to make God first. And that will work in every other area of your life. Do you know anytime you sin, you sin because you are first. The Bible talks about how we are drawn by our lust. It's sin, it's about you being first. It's about self-gratification. Are we together here? Sin is about what? It's about self-gratification. So one of the ways God deals with this self-gratification is he trains you to put him first in the most important earthly matter, which is money or mammon. So he knows that if you can train yourself in that route, then it can spill into all the areas of your life. So when someone is not tithing, as he should, I can something transpolate. What do I can extrapolate? Gabriel, that's it, right? I can extrapolate that he God is also not first in many other areas of that person's life. Are we together here? It, it is God's way of helping our hearts. So it's not just about paying it 10%. And I told you severally, it's about paying it first. So it means that anytime a blessing comes your way, God wants you to never think about yourself first. Every, every, time, every time anything gets to you, boom. God is training you to think about him first, not you. Every time. That's the training. Anytime a blessing, an increase, it comes into you. Say, oh God, thank you, Father. I thank you for giving me this. You come first in my life. And then you take God's portion first. Then, you see, that, that hard posture makes the conversation continue. God can now say, okay, this is this, this is that, this is why I gave you this, this is why. We have to, tr- we have to make every moment of our lives holy. Are we together, friends? This is how you move from, can I talk here? This is how you move from the natural terrain of blessing to divine terrain. There, is a, there are levels to these things. There is natural, there is divine. This, you remember the story, I did, I did a series a, a time ago with you guys, Elijah and the, the Zarephath woman. What did he say? He says, make for me first. It's the principle of first. 
He says, make for me first. He said, this is all I've got. And then when I eat myself and my, my son, we're going to die. He says, yes, even, you know, all of us are not even here dying. He says, even in the face of death, still make for God's servant. How? First. Now, what happens? Anytime you have perfected the art of making God first, you, you are elevated from the natural principles of supply. And then you enter into the supernatural realm of supply. That's what happens. Then God begins to, you know, get more involved in that area of your life. Elijah said to her, do not fear, go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first. So a tithe is not just 10%. It's the first one. It's the first thing you give. you, You are meant to remember the Lord. Are we together, friends? Let's go back to Matthew. All right. 27. Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his to his stature? Who can who can add a cubit to the stature here? Nobody. Alright. Next verse. So the point here is this, Pastor Lalu come. The point here is this that you see, you will not get progress. Are you listening to me? We're talking 2023 and beyond. We're not going to get any kind of progress via worrying, being concerned. And you know, worry is a natural natural response to our issues. Am I correct? You don't need need to go for Bible study to worry. (laughs) You don't don't need to learn it, right? It's a natural response. But worry doesn't change anything. Who, I want someone to say, worry doesn't change anything. Say it again. Say, worry doesn't change anything. In fact, we're going to say it five times. Let's start. One, two, three, go. Another time. Yeah. 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 Doesn't change anything. You need to conclude. Now, worry is not going to change anything. It's not going to change anything. So, let's not waste our energy worrying. No matter how bad the situation is, worry is not going to change anything. Worry will never change anything. Let's find out. Let's always come into a productive, a productive mood. And worry is not a productive mood. Train yourself to have a, a mood that is productive. And worry is not part of that mood. Thanksgiving is a productive mood. Praise is a productive mood. Faith is a productive mood. Now, acclimatize yourself with productive moods and not, you know, um, the, the mood of worry. A lot of you are so used to the, to the mood of worry. And let me tell you something about the mood of worry. The mood of worry, stand up there. The mood of worry creates an atmosphere that that allows the prosperity of demons. 
there's, there's always a demonic infestation wherever there is worry. Worry like blows the whistle for demons to come. Yeah. That's why you notice that even medically, your health shuts down when you are worried. Am I correct? Yes, they check your blood pressure. I say, what have you been thinking about? So worry attracts demons. And um, can I talk to you here? And what the demons do to you is that when when your atmosphere is demon infested, it cuts your spirit of the voice of God. And so you are literally going through hell like you say it. (laughs) And the reason is because you have allowed worry to block your ears. And without the voice of God, there can be creation. Are you getting the, 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 the technology of these things? Because for God to create anything, he has to speak. The, the earth was without form and void and all of that. Let there be light and there was light. The voice of God is what creates. For anything, for anything new to happen in your life, you have to have a history of God's voice. God will not do without speaking. He said, I'm not going to do anything without telling my servant. So speaking is God's major um, um, tool for work. So what worry does is that worry creates an, an environment sit there that, that causes demons. So you see, worry, can I talk to you here? What, what worry does is that worry supernaturally um, is supernaturally increases uh, the effect of your crisis. Your, your issue might be two. Worry turns it to 22,000. Yeah. And it's very real to you. Have you spoken to someone about something that you thought was going to kill you? And you spoke to the person. And bef- the problem was not solved. Just by talking to an NFA. <laughs> you just found out it wasn't that serious. What happened? The same issue. But the issue reduced. What happened was that the demons left. And it was because you brought that issue to an atmosphere. Of glory, of grace, of thanksgiving. That atmosphere was not conducive for those demons and they left and you felt better. Are you together with me? Why is there more suicide in those nations? Whereas we have more problems here. So it's not true that it's their problem killing them. Because if it was the problem killing them, we should be dying more here. Because we have more problems. What's killing them is worry. Sit down, brother. Are we together, friends? Go back to our Matthew. All right. Who's blessed by what I'm preaching? So in 2023, you have to 
decide that you will not worry, right? But what will you be? You will be happy, right? Who knows that song? Who was going to sing that song for me? Sing. Alright. Hey, I sing it for me, choir. Let me hear you. Hey, I let somebody, if the choir cannot sing it. You don't have to use the mic, just sing it, Jerry. This is a fake choir. It's a fake choir. Fake choir. Fake, fake choir. Now, when you... I didn't see the kind of choir I have in this place. Now, when you when, let's let's still talking about worry. Let's look at. Um, I'm coming, two scriptures. Let's look at Hebrews. Hebrews um, two. In. Verse 14. For as much then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death. Huh? That is the devil. So so the devil right now is in a is in a state called destroyed. Yeah. Huh? Yes, sir. Uh, so 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 death, Satan has the power of death. And um, God has, Jesus has destroyed Satan, right? Yes, yes, 15. And release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Just stay here. Through what? The fear of death. So, when I'm talking worry, you see, worry is that which you call the fear of death. The situation is the token of death. The situation is the token of death. Maybe you, you, had, a, you had an F. That F is a token of death. Say, ah, what Why? Because you have, you, have, you have put it in a context. You have used that, that it's, it's like, it's, it's a token. It's a token. It's, you have thought of many things. It's a token. That thing is like a sign. That, okay, this F is third class. This third class is joblessness. This joblessness is lack of wife. 
this lack of wife, this lack of children. This, so you see, so so death throws you a token. Uh, that so with that token, you imagine death. Now that imagination is empowered by worry. Am I preaching here? So and release those who through the fear. Of death, so 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 that is not necessarily the power there. It's it's it's, it's what it produces. That fear, that fear is that worry, where all their lifetime. Somebody say all their lifetime. So you see, anywhere there is worry in your life, anywhere there is worry in your life, that you cannot have worry and success or breakthrough. It, it completely handicaps you. All their lifetime were subject to bondage. And also when you are when you are worrying in the realm of the spirit, you are in a prison. Yes. So the devils create a, a you understand? That's why they couldn't sing that song. Yeah. The person, listen to this. The person who knows that song does not know whether he knows the song. And I will know that if I sing nonsense, Pastor Zach will yab me. <laughs> so because of that death of the shame of insults. <laughs> so that's the bondage. You get the point? Now, that area of your life, there's going to be bondage because of fear. You're not going to be able to express what God has ordained you to express. You see... Because of the death and the fear of death that exists. Yes. So a lot of us are more than we are manifesting. But we are still doing time in the, in the prison of, of fear. You get the point now? So it's a serious thing. So you see, you have to begin to practice to do the things you are afraid of doing. Now, stop doing only the things that you are not afraid of doing. Now, the things that you are not afraid of doing, if you do them, the result is, is minimal. The, nothing happens. You see, but when you do what you don't feel like doing, but you know you should do, that's how you cast out yes. and you get yourself free from that yes. bondage. Yes. Because the bondage, can I talk to you? Come again, let me tell you something. The fear is Satan's, the the, the death is Satan's own. But the bondage, Satan has no power to put you in the bondage. The bondage came from you. You get the point now? So you can be out of it when you choose. If you step out of it, Satan is not going to stop you because he doesn't have the power. Don't forget that the beginning of that scripture says that he has destroyed him that has the power of death. So it's not the power of Satan that is holding you down. It's the power you gave to the power of Satan. So you have to empower him. So this is the most important point now. Get up. Two things are going to happen when you face him. When you take the courage 
to do what you don't feel like doing, nothing can stop you. Yes. Nothing. Because the person who has that power has been destroyed. Now, you couldn't do it before Jesus came. Now that Jesus has come, no, no matter the power that has held your family, they can't do it, they can't do that. If you choose to do what your family cannot do, you will do it. Now, but this is now the most important point. That if you tried to do it, and you failed at doing it, failure also, are you together with me? Wants to produce fear. But you need to know that even if you fail, it's your choice to put worry or shame around failure. It's still your choice. The shame and the worry and the sadness that failure brings is not from Satan. It's your choice. You can fail, smile, and do again. You see, because it was the fear of failure that kept you in the bondage in the first place. So if you worship success too much, you wouldn't want to free yourself. So I'm not only saying if you free yourself, you will succeed. I'm saying it's your right to fail if you fail. You can try again. It's not enough that because I might fail, I shouldn't do it. That's my point. Let's go ahead and do it. If it doesn't work, it didn't work. It didn't work. It didn't work. It didn't work. I'll try again. Sit down, guys. It didn't work. I'll try again. So, so that the thing will not work. It's not enough justification not to do it. It just, it just didn't work. I'll try again. So, so stop in your mind. Stop imagining. Stop. Don't be terrorized that something might not work. Don't let it terrorize you. That something working is not the greatest thing. Your ability to do what you know you should do is the greatest thing. This has helped me a lot. I've lost things sometimes because of this principle. For example, there's nothing anybody can tell me, no matter how beautiful a house is in Lagos. I don't do 20% to agents. Never. I've never done it. It's crazy. I feel it doesn't make any sense. And you know the, and the, you know the reason why a lot of us do it? We know, we know it's too much to pay, but we're afraid that we don't want to lose the place. Until you are confident in losing the place. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> I want to fight back poor. People don't call it a plane to, if you don't pay it now, in fact, somebody will need to play that. So in fact, somebody for me, for me, the victory is not that I got the place. Yeah. For me, the victory is that I did the right thing. I'm bold enough to do what I'm meant to do. And my success is not that I got it. My success is that I'm free. Yeah. I'm free. I'm just free. Don't, don't. Listen, if you don't, want this, if you don't get this right, the enemy will tempt us a lot. When you worship success, worship getting things done, listen, it doesn't, if anybody tells you everything they do, work out. The person is lying to you. It doesn't always work out for everyone. So, tonight, go ahead and do the things you're meant to do. In 
every area of your life. Every area. Just go ahead and do the things that you're meant to do. You know, even in marriage, sometimes you don't want to do the right thing to your spouse because you think they will take it for granted. And the point is still that you are afraid that if I do it, this man will take me for granted. If I submit, hey, if I submit, hey, you are in bondage. You are in bondage of your, hey. You're in bondage. You're afraid. The fear of death is not making you do the right thing. I'm a submissive person. If God had just given me a husband that has sense, he will see submission. <laughs> still the fear. But you can step out of that fear. Are we together, friends? Yes, sir. Now we know de- no devil anywhere will be able to terrorize you yes, or tempt you or say you will lose this, you won't get this. Uh, and eventually we are more than conquerors. Eventually. Yes. Eventually. Eventually. We are more than conquerors. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Alright, finally, verse 6, 2 Timothy chapter 1. Finally. Isn't this beautiful? Yes! Beautiful. I'm preaching a message I didn't plan. And I'm preaching it so good. Hallelujah. So good. The anointing of God is so powerful. It's so powerful. An unprepared message, but very powerful, like I planned everything. The hand of God is so much upon me, and I'm, I'm grateful to God for that. Now, now listen, friends. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of hands. That's a trick. That's a trick. Why? Because the issues of life are going to bombard you like there is nothing inside you. Yay. That's how it's going to be. So you need, you have the responsibility of stirring up. Now what does it mean to stir something up? If you give me a nice answer, this week I give you broiler. <laughs> a huge broiler. <laughs> what does it mean to stir To excite. Huh? To activate. To awaken something. To erupt. It's like a volcano. It's like making something. It's, it's like giving something the energy that takes over. It's like an eruption. You stir it up. From its latent posture, position, it just becomes a takeover position. Go, go, ho. Why? Because there are a lot of devils that want you to forget what's inside you. And then you must learn to what? Imagine if you lived every day stayed up. Guess what? You can. You can live every day stayed up. Stayed up. How many of you have had moments in your life where you felt like you can never feel you are great? You can. How many of you? Now, that moment is true. Yeah. And, and it's inside you. Yeah. You should always stir it up and let that be the atmosphere that governs your life. Yeah. 
stand up. Huh? Stand up. It affects everything. It affects how you talk to people. Yeah. I'm telling you. Listen, on my, on my worst days, eh, you can't get me to, to be insulting. On my worst days. I'm not talking about my, on my, on my bad days. You can't get me to say, Shuri or or get me shouting. You can't. On my, on my bad days. No, you can't. On my bad days. I have barely minimum, not, not of sorrow, of joy. I don't go down to sorrow. The joy can drop, but it won't, it won't hear sorrow. Not Zach. Not Zach. Not Zach. So you need to Paul, Paul wrote to, to his son and say, stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. You need to stir it up. Who are you? Who the God say you are? Stir it up. That is that is the identity. That is that is that is how you should carry yourself. That determines the kind of clothes you wear. The kind of clothes you buy. The kind of things you do. It determines how you talk. It determines how you speak, how you eat, how you... You know, if you know who you are, there's a way you eat. Yeah. If you are forgotten who you are, there's a way you eat. <laughs> the way some of you eat, are like, no, no, this one has forgotten who he is. Carry three cups of rice, feed it, pack it, oh, no. You have forgotten that you are a king and a priest. <laughs> are we together, friend? So stir up the gift of God. Let the gift of God has the loudest voice in your soul. Let the gift scream. The gift of God. If you related with everybody based off the gift of God you carry, you'll be so, you'll be so kind. You'll be so anointed. You'll be so powerful. You'll be so gracious. Listen, can I talk to you? You can't, you can't live from the gift of God and lack favor. The reason why a lot of people lack favor is that they live from their frustration. And when you live from your frustration, people don't want to come back to you. Have you met those kind of people? Everybody runs away from them and say, God favor me. God's not going to favor you. But imagine if you, re- if you responded from the gift of God. You would just be like Jesus upon the face of the earth. Everybody just wants to bless you, just wants to help you. Because you are living from that identity. So stand it up! The gift of God which is in you. Put a little of my hands. Right? For God! For God! For God! What does that mean? If you don't stand up, the spirit of fear is going to take you out. It says, the antidote to the spirit of fear is stand up your gift. Stand up your gift. For God has not given you a spirit of fear. But what? I can't hear you. Of what? I can't hear you. Now that's not how you say power. Say power like power. Come on. No spirit of fear around you. What you carry is power, love, and a sound Say power, love, sound mind. 
are not about to lose it. You are not about to go crazy. There's nothing, I don't even know what I'm doing. You know exactly what you are doing. You know exactly who you are. You know how tomorrow is going to be. You are not hopeless. You are not defeated. You are not hopeless. You have the power to change situation. And then you have the love to walk in peace regardless of the situation. And then you have a sound mind to create a new idea, a new reality. Your mind is sound. No matter the situation, your mind is sound enough to, to chart a new course. A progressive course. My mind is sound. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. His rod and his staff, they're with me. They comfort me. My mind is sound. I'm not confused. There might be darkness all around, but there's no darkness inside me. He that is in me is greater than he that is in the world. I have power. I have love. I have a sound man. Come on, go ahead and give him praise.